Ultra. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man 2, one cigar-chomping minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. And I am Preeti Chibber, a YA author. Oh! Thank you for returning again this week, Preeti. Uh, Today we are authoring a minute about uh, eight. Minute eight. Yeah, that worked out. Uh, Minute eight of Spider-Man 2 begins with uh, Mr. Aziz explaining that a guarantee is a promise, man, and ends (laughs) with Peter begging, uh, Mr. Jameson, please, isn't there any of these shots? And then we kind of cut out there. Mr. Mr. Aziz is just, he's just trying to level with Peter, and he's just like, it's a promise, man. Like, Uh, come on. So it's so funny because I just went to this past week see The Problem with Apu, the Hari Kondabolu documentary. Oh yeah, which yeah. It was which Asif Manvi is interviewed in, um, right. because the documentary is all about Apu and and what that kind of did to Indian Americans growing up in this country and the accent and all of yeah. those things. And right. he very specifically, like Hari, interviews Asif Manvi and he ta- asks about the accent because yeah. Asif Manvi that's not his accent. Like that's not what he sounds like right. when he's speaking. He just has yeah. you know. Um, a non, uh, thick Indian accent, basically. So this yeah. is so mm-hmm. funny to watch now. It's more British, usually, it's, it's, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very light. His accent is very yeah. light. Um, it's like a mixture, I think, of a little bit of British, a little bit of American. But mm-hmm. it was, he was, he was born in India, but moved to England when he was like one mm-hmm. and then had, and then had his like teenage years in America. So it's not like he, when they like th- that's the main thing that like is always uncomfortable about this when like you are if you're hired to play a, a role like this and they're like hey can you do the accent? right which is you where know? i'm like like he tells <sighs> the story where when he got the when he booked the daily show he had assumed he was like to john stewart like so you want me to do the accent and he's like what no <laughs> Just talk how you talk yeah that's <laughs> what you be you buddy Just, just yeah do, just do how you sound. And it's yeah. so funny to me that the instinct, even here, which is what, what year was this? 2004? <clears throat> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Was to be like, no, he's, he's brown guy. You still got to do the, do an accent. Um, yeah. Which is a little frustrating. Cause I'm like, yeah, oh, sure. N- it's yeah. unnecessary because it's, you know. Yeah. It's a bonus, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Come it's on, a tiny, man. tiny bit. It's nowhere near as intense as it could be. And uh and at least last week we were talking a lot about how much we love Asif as as a performer. Yeah, and, he's amazing. Uh, this 
character here. Yeah. Um, he at least like, feels like a real person here. He does. As opposed to, to, as opposed to like a poo. Right. Yeah. Oh, Which yes. Is, yeah. but it's I just, mean, he's literally a cartoon it's, character, it's, but you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's something that I am personally thinking a lot about after. Sure. You know, you think about it and you don't really, because even I didn't recognize it when I saw this when I was 20. Yeah. Um, was yeah. just like, there's a brown guy on screen. That's awesome. And it is. And it's awesome. But really thinking about where those direction choices come from and the ask, the Mm -hmm. things that are asked of actors of color. Uh, that said, I do love Asif Manvi and I do love him in this role because I do think he gives like a gravitas to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's grounded in this like. He already had to set up like the big exposition dump earlier mm-hmm. about, you know, the state of Peter Parker's life. And here he has to be like the first of the mentor figures to like really lay out in no uncertain terms that you are letting people down, yeah. Peter, mm-hmm. which is like the like one of the main themes of the movie. And so it's all on his shoulders here. And I think he does a, a beautiful job with it. Mm-hmm. In this scene, um, I'm not a huge fan of Toby and, and kind of how he's just staring down. Dead eye <laughs> at Mr. Aziz. I can, while I can Mr. see that. Like yeah. he's giving this like heartfelt sort of like it's a promise. Like you have to do it, and and Peter's just like, huh? Just like, oh, I'm- see, it it strikes me more as like a, as like a, a promise. I promised my uncle a thing. Yeah, like, like it, it, it seems to me like his eyes are almost glassing over. Like the idea that someone wouldn't think he would understand what a promise means is like the most horrifying thing that could ever happen to him. Yeah. And he's got to like not let that show. Yeah, so, right. Um, but of course, the final expression he lands on is slightly dead-eyed. Is yeah, slightly very, like, very much so. <laughs> like when he like Bueller. walks up close to rip the sticker off, which is such an amazing moment. Yes. Uh, like for a second, you're like, "Is he gonna hit him?" <laughs> yeah, he yeah, just like, just slap him is this across get the face. Violent? It's very intense. Like you don't know if he's gonna like hug him or hit him or whatever. Like he 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 knows there's something he wants to impart here, and there's like a glimmer of hope that he might be like, "Yep, you know, nope. I'll give you one more shot." And it's just the the most violent sticker rip in the history of cinema happens. Uh huh. <laughs> and the clean. How do how do you even like get your fingers in under a sticker to pull it off that quickly. Yeah, it's, that it's was amazing. very impressive. It's, uh, it's not stuck on flat. If you look at the shot of it. It's oh, got, he's got a little wrinkle Yeah, there. it's got oh, a wrinkle. Oh, I see, I yeah, see. Because Peter can't even put a sticker on his helmet properly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, more credit to Asif. Like, he's able to, like, have this really grounded emotional moment while flanked by, like, the biggest Dr. Pepper promotion in the film so far. <laughs> yeah. Just... Dr. Pepper up the wazoo, Dr. Pepper everywhere, just whatnot. Um, and, and 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 Peter is uh is is being flanked by like deep throat. I don't know who yeah. this guy is. That's the weirdo behind him? Yeah, yeah. Just like in a black just a black jacket and a black cap pulled down low, standing in the shadows. Just sneaking around. Yeah. See, I'm, that yeah. sounds that feels very New York. It does, yeah. <laughs> I I also like the idea that when we're having the <laughs> when we're having the speech about like you know a guarantee is a promise like do you value a promise do you know anything like that I love that Peter is framed by literally a representation of a promise in neon lights just around him like yeah. it's just this edge of like hitting it too hard but it's the right kind of goofy this 
<laughs> to me, it's serious. And then when he says, to me, it's serious, we see Peter with his dumb helmet and his dumb sticker <laughs> and the big neon clock like, you screwed up, Peter. <laughs> oh, the Italian flag. It's so good. The Italian flag. All of it is so good. Uh, and like almost on the verge of tears, but like not quite. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like Toby's eyes like all the time. Um, I know. Yeah. He just looks so shocked to be held accountable for this pizza delivery. I know. Like he's just like, but like if, trying if wasn't enough. Knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If only you knew. No, you're fired. Get out of here. Yeah. Boom. But I tried real hard. <laughs> what I guess that? like. It's true. Do or do not. Oh. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. There is no try or you will get fired. (laughs) I just just imagine like Yoda being like. Do or do not. There is no or there is no job. (laughs) 42 42 blocks in seven minutes you must go or your ass is fired. (laughs) But with, with Frank Oz doing the. You know, I I I love Mr. Aziz as if as is, but would would it be would it would the scene be better if if he was a Muppet? Pretty Uh, much any scene would be better (laughs) if one of the people involved. That's true. (laughs) That's just true. Speaking of human Muppets, uh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson (laughs) comes on screen. The triumphant uh, return of J. Jonah Jameson. The the uh, the uh, hu- the human uh, like just the human equivalent of Sam the Eagle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's good. Parker Blow. Uh, God, it's great. Um, and then we have Elizabeth Banks. Mm-hmm. We've we got sure the, do. The, the guy from uh, Sister Act. The guy, name I can't remember. The guy from Sister Act. Yeah, Robbie uh, Robertson uh, played again by um, what's his face, Bill Nunn from uh, Do the Right Thing and right. a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, and, just, Sister and, Sister and Sister Act. And Sister Act. And Sister Act. A lovely, lovely actor gone too soon, Bill Nunn. It's true. Um, he's just yeah. so warm, and he, we we mentioned this last season, but like he barely has any screen time in these films but he's memorable um mm-hmm. kind of like again it's it's a more substantial role than Emily Deschanel being you know the gum chewer but uh it's still he lands in this like wounded place that reminds you of like you know every everybody in this bugle is trying to do well and working around Jameson uh and this is like our first we'll get a bigger one later but this is our first like Robbie Robbie gets it, you know. Like, yeah. Robbie gets it. <laughs> right. Oh, buddy. Uh, I don't know. I love it. I love Bugle stuff. I love the, the pace that the goes by. I love the like. Well, I I mean, the, the trick <sighs> to the to the Bugle scenes in these movies um, mm. are the fact that like you they just have at a bare minimum of three things happening at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's how they have the inner the energy that they do is that there's three You're things like, happening man. at once at any time. And it's six minutes to deadline. Of course right, it is. Right. They, they, Always. Six Always. six minutes to deadline, his wife is on the phone and Peter's trying to sell him stupid photos. Yeah. Like It's like Parker. you need a real you need a better personal assistant, man. Yeah, <laughs> you're like a you're like the news the editor of like a major newspaper, a major metropolitan newspaper. Yeah, I I feel like Betty does her best, but he's always undermining her. You well, know, they're like a, they're a tabloid, right? They're not yeah. a newspaper. 
They're not like right. a fancy paper. Yeah. But they're yeah. like a big media. They're like the post. Right. 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 Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, um, okay. So uh, Jameson fires Peter for his stupid photos. But I just, you made it very clear in the last movie that he is freelance. Yeah. How are you firing him? <laughs> Listen, I know we don't give you insurance. Yeah, <laughs> and you I don't know. get any any other privileges. No, this is a you don't independent, have an office? contractor nonsense. Uh, yeah, we're just here on for a short time, but but we yeah, don't want fired. any of your pictures ever again. <laughs> yeah, like, Peter, like, what do you mean fired? I don't work here, right? Like I will not- say, having like rewatching these movies and seeing the bugle scenes, it's such it's such a like important piece of mm-hmm. the Spider-Man ethos that it was, I did feel like it was missing from something like Homecoming, even though I freaking love that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, It's yeah. just so important to have this piece of it. I, I agree, but I think, I think what I like about holding off on it is, one, it's going to be really hard to beat this guy. Oh, agreed. Um, yeah, as, yeah. As Jameson. It's going to be very difficult. And there's going to be people who are like, oh, just cast him again. No, you you can't no. do that. It's too confusing. It's too confusing. No. So they, they're going to have to recast him. And so like, I like the idea of them waiting until Tom Holland's Peter is in college and then yeah. introduce the bugle. Because yeah, I think I would have liked, though, to see like, a, I, we saw a little bit of it. I, I like that we're getting into homecoming discussion right now. <laughs> 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 But we saw a little bit of it when you see, like, the way he's presented by the press. Right. Where yes. it's, like, him coming out of, like, a porta potty or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. But just, I wanted, like, a little bit more or, like, a little, it was, like, like almost too subtle for me. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's important that within what makes Spider-Man work as a character, beyond all of the, like, you know, deep tissue metaphorical stuff we talked about yesterday, is this, like inherent uh, uh, contradiction in the fact that he's the most popular superhero in the world in terms of us as readers and people. We all love Spider-Man and he outsells anybody. It's, you know, it's it's not a question. Uh, But in universe, he is, nobody likes him. You know, like the- Everyone thinks he's so annoying and I love it. Yeah, like that's an important (laughs) part. I love that like, everybody thinks he's annoying. The public like doesn't quite trust him. He's always like dealing with this like nonsense from, you know, whatever institution whether it is this version of the daily bugle or like you know news channels and whatnot that where it's like on top of everything else on top of doing the work for no reward (laughs) on top of doing it all like the people that you're trying to help like nobody trusts you and you are just like a laughing stock like that's it's so good it's so good and it's clear here it could be clearer in the new movies i think that's a that's a fair point fair point yeah um, I think so. I, I'm okay. I'm excited for them to eventually get to him. I, I get to the bugle stuff, and I, and I think you're right, Preeti. I think sort of expanding the background of the bugle w- will mm-hmm. just make the payoff of him eventually working for the bugle that much better. Exactly. In like, in like by like the fourth movie, where it's like, oh yeah, of course, <laughs> like we've heard of this now, like we know what it is in this world, and we know that they have an animosity for this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. um in this scene um i love peter obviously i I get what he's trying to do here but uh you know maybe jameson has kind of a point here buddy you're working for a tabloid like if you want him to not like be on spider-man so much like like, maybe 
So like, oh, there's like rumors of like, you know, animals in the sewers or something or like some sort of like, you know, big corruption scandal. But like, you know, snapshots, they're beautiful photos. Peter, uh, he on. would be able to. I mean, look, he would never do this because, you know, Peter, Peter Parker's a cinnamon roll. But yeah, <laughs> but I mean, he could very easily become the greatest paparazzi in oh, the universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And make oh, yeah. tons of money. But uh, Peter's not. Peter, beyond like being a cinnamon roll and not doing these things, <laughs> I love that term. Peter doesn't like. He doesn't think about things sometimes from outside his own perspective. Yes, you yes. know, like he looked at those pictures and was like, "I love these shots. They're so <laughs> nice." And then he gives them to a guy like J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, and is. Seemingly shocked when he doesn't want them. <laughs> it's like, read the room, Peter. Come like, on. Have you met him? Yeah. <laughs> also, also, the thing that that really I, I don't know, just as a in in world thing, right? So he's flipping through these pictures. Um, do we get a shot of them? We do, right? He, yeah, we, we do. We see. Yeah. Those photos are those are good photos. But they're oh, not yeah. newspaper or like well, well, tabloid photos. Right. It's like it's like photos that belong in a coffee table book. My yeah. my point though is that Peter is not a photographer. He's no! just good at taking pictures of Spider-Man because he <laughs> is Spider-Man. He, he's, like that's it. He's not a good photographer. He's not a trained photographer. <laughs> He like what? really doesn't actually have an interest in photography. Right. It's literally because yeah, yeah. he was like I could make money yeah, off by just taking, taking pictures selfies. of Spider-Man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I need money. Yeah. Right. He was written in a time when, like, not many people had cameras, and it was like, oh, boy, I'll get a camera, and then I'll be, you know, I'll make money this way. It wasn't yeah. ever like a, oh, my God, I can't, I can't wait for the inevitable <laughs> scene in a Homecoming sequel where he tries to sell photos of Spider-Man to the Daily Bugle and J. Jonah Jameson's like, I've got like a million of these. Everybody's got a camera on their phone. Like, why do you think I need this? <laughs> like, uh, thanks, I guess. Um, it's yeah. it's going to have to be like, I have an exclusive interview. Right. Yeah. With yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. I got footage on camera. of Yeah, like, you know, video, high def yeah. video clip. Um, this, But this just idea that like, Peter never had like his artistic aspirations that like he just wanted to wander around like right. you know Central Park and take pictures of the pigeons like right. no <laughs> what is come on he can't be also he's he's so strapped for time all the time when did he have time to take when these photos when did he take these photos he's yeah, like write your paper Peter like, yeah all these people are <laughs> complaining about you being late all the time well maybe if you weren't taking pictures of pigeons at the boardwalk <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Maybe if you weren't setting up reflectors so that you get shots of chess playing old men, maybe you would have gotten your stuff turned in on time. Buddy, buddy, come on. I don't know. He's, uh, look at his G-Shucks face and hair, though. God, God love it's him. It's a He's little, trying. this is where I get a little frustrated with, like, the portrayal, because I'm like, <laughs> I, I get it, I get it, but also you're still, you're still, like, from Queens. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not, like, some rando who just showed up and doesn't understand how things work. He was <laughs> raised by old people, though. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is very true. But, like, he knows how things work, and he just doesn't think about how things work. It's like yeah. he wants things to fit into his 
worldview without doing the work to like put them in the way that they need to be. Yeah, yeah. and I think that I think that that is a um, that I mean that's something with these movies. I mean we we actually um, we talked about this in our first week. Uh, this movie and and the first movie was rewritten by uh, by by um, uh, by him, but this movie was written by a seventy year old man. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, a seventy year old man writing young people, he's going to yep. write them in the way that he remembers being a young man, which is like somebody in the fifties. Yep. And that's <laughs> what we get. And it, and it, you know, and it creates a fun world to sort of live in. Like this isn't the real world, but it's where this, the, this trilogy sort of exists and it worked really well for the first two movies. But I think that more than even the problems that the third movie has, I think one of the things that doesn't work with it is that mm. by the time it came out in 2007, I think people were just sort of over this. Right. Well, yeah, it's yeah. so passive. Right. It's yeah. like a passive way to go through life. And there are a lot of issues in which, which stem from Peter being passive, right? Mm -hmm. From not mm -hmm. making decisions when he needs to make them. And you see it in the comic books and you see it in the other movies. But it's con the way how consistent it is in these films. I agree with you. By the time the third one came out, it right. just didn't work anymore because you had to be in the superhero movies like far more active. Right. Right. Because right. I mean, the very next year, Iron Man came out. Right. Yeah. What? And and that changed everything. You yes. Know? After um, and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then at that point, yeah. these movies were sort of outdated at that yeah. point. And, I agree. you know, I would have loved to, I would have much rather have seen the Spider Man 4 over the Amazing Spider Man movies. Um, yeah. Personally, again, personally, that's not a, that's mm. not an attack to our Amazing Spider Man fans that listen to this show. You're right, right, right. Um, but, you know, personally, I would have rather have seen them try again and maybe go out on a higher note than they did with Spider-Man 3. But who knows if it would have worked and maybe ultimately that's why they didn't end up making it is because mm -hmm. it just wasn't, this this tone just wasn't working anymore. It, right. Yeah. It hit at exactly the right moment where everyone was ready for it and needed it after September 11th. Mm -hmm. They needed this sort of earnestness and, and nostalgia, really. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, and then where where good people were just good, mm -hmm. regardless of the consequences. Um, and and I think that by the time 2007 hit, everyone was just like, mm, I don't know. It's so funny because, yeah, when you think about the way the Spider-Man movies have happened, you have these, which work very much in a point of time. Amazing Spider-Man, which I think are a little bit as a result of, you know, Dark Knight syndrome and like yep. Nolan syndrome. Definitely. And that, which does not necessarily always work with Spider-Man. Right. And then you have Homecoming, which is like pulling in that modernity and like sense of really like contemporaryness that comes out of the Marvel universe. Right. Uh, totally. Yeah. Where it, it, some of the movies were reactions to other trends, whereas, you know, these kind of stayed in their own lane and then were immediately eclipsed, I guess, to a certain degree. Uh, that's... Sometimes that's just what happens. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I love that this movie exists the way it does, where it's like almost trying to have the tone of all of Spider-Man comics up to that point in time. Like uh, mm -hmm. it feels like the 60s as much as it feels like the 90s in, mm -hmm. you know, in a weird way. Um, that's It's its own little pocket universe. But by the time you get to, you know, a, the big MCU or whatever, where there's interconnected stories and stuff like that, it has to be current. It has yes. to be, um, you know connected in in a different way right like i don't think you could ever have 
Wolverine strolling into this universe here, like or, or Thor. <laughs> I would love for that to happen. Though. I mean, it'd be great. Yeah, honestly, but like, it's not like um, Peter goes absolutely dead eyed again. <laughs> just freaks out. Uh, yeah, I, I love it though. I I love how cartoony and wonderful jk simmons is we we already like praised him a bit but like it's so nice to see him on screen mm-hmm. as this again it's he hasn't lost even a little bit of a step he might be better as jj in this movie yeah than the first one yeah honestly like he's just knocking it out of the park i, and- I think he's the per- i think he's at the perfect level whereas when we get to spider-man 3 it it's a little over the top with the heart medication sure. and everything yeah <laughs> um yeah it's just it's it just a little, a little too much. Uh, this yeah. is the perfect amount where it's like it's really silly and it's very screwball and and you know old timey and I, I just love that when you enter the Daily Bugle in these movies, the the whole tone of the movie sort of changes, but yeah. still doesn't per, like betray the tone of the overall movie. It's just yeah, it doesn't break it. It's just it's so unique to this spot, right? You know, like, right. yeah, um, I really like that. Pretty little portfolio off my desk. Oh, just, so <laughs> great. Right, diabetic coma. <laughs> I love him so much. It's great. And 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 Banksy is really good in this movie too. Because she oh, get a God, lot yes. to do in the first one. I was like, no, Banksy's no. in this movie? Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> to see all the graffiti. Um, yeah, I mean, she's these little like, like interjection bits here. This like sort of desperation and the timing of whatnot. Like putting together and rehearsing this scene on the day and then like shooting it. She's... Slots right in beautifully. And then tomorrow she'll get like maybe my favorite Elizabeth Banks moment in mm-hmm. all of these. Mm-hmm. She's just, she's just uniquely wonderful. Um, I, it's. She is. And and it, it feels like, like they, they know like, oh yeah, she was in Seabiscuit. We should give her more to do this time. <laughs> yeah. <like laughs> her star is rising and yeah. uh, well, we're, we're back in the, uh, in the bugle. So let's go from there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's good. Her just coming in and out of his office. Is, it's so yeah. good. <laughs> not now. Just, not now. Just one thing at a time. <laughs> I know. You can't like pull it all together and then come in. So maybe some of this is on you, Betty. <laughs> yeah. Be a little more organized, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Write a list. <laughs> like, you know JJ's like this. So like plan ahead. Like, Send an email. Yeah. Send an email. What's an e- Do you think emails exist in the world of Sam Raimi Spider-Man films? I don't like, know. I honestly I know. don't know. <laughs> it was around the time that, you know, people were using AIM and stuff, but it wasn't like big. But I don't think anybody has like cell phones in this world. Um, <laughs> I mean, know. this is 2004. Yeah. Yeah. People had them, but like not in this world, this Right, the the world of this Spider Man. I don't think anyone. Yeah, because I got my first cell phone in like two thousand one, I think, or two thousand. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely right. exist, but no one was using them. And I know they exist because I had my LG Chocolate, which the ringtone was oh, vindicated. Yes. <laughs> this summer, Beautiful. that's what it was. Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. That object is like a is a time capsule. Yeah. You know? Every that sentence is a time capsule. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Uh, I was about to hum a few bars, but we probably can't afford it. Um, oh, <laughs> that's great. Go, go plug, go. Uh, so I have a, uh, I'm in an anthology that is coming out in, yes. on June 26th called A Thousand Beginnings and Endings. It's YA. It is stories about Asian mythology. Um, it's coming out from HarperCollins. You can pre-order it. It's on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and IndieBound, and I'm really excited about it. Um, wow. So, yeah, A Thousand Beginnings and Endings, edited by Elsie uh, Chapman and Ellen O. Please, please, please go check it out. Beautiful. Awesome. Go do the thing. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, with another episode. In the meantime, if there's other... Movies by minutes. If there's other movies that you would want to listen to in this format, there's uh, there's there's something like 87 of these friggin' podcasts now, um, and you can go check out all of them at moviesbyminutes.com. Uh, special shout out, of course, to to our Podfather Star Wars Minute, uh, who mm-hmm. I, I believe are are wrapping uh, Revenge of the Sith at this point, um, their sixth season. So uh, so go check that out. They're about to start the Disney era, so that's that's coming soon. Um, and uh, we will be back tomorrow with uh, Minute 9. Bye, everybody. Bye.